0: He looked back at me just as plain as day, and he said, I'm
1: a member of the Ku Klux Klan.
0: It would be my privilege to defend the Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson. People are interested in crime. There's no getting around it, and Americans
1: love violence. Coming to a brothel, you're having the full fantasy experience with somebody who knows, let's say, that there's five different ways to give
2: a hand job plus. You know, talk to me about morality, shut up. I tell you where
0: you can stick your morality, man.
2: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Unfiltered, the podcast. I'm the producer and director of the series, Brian Praskaney, and with me, as always,
1: Joyzel.
2: Hey, Joyzel, how hey. are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm tired. You're you're tired, and you're wired.
2: I, I had uh, insomnia last night, which is something that normally doesn't happen to me. Usually, I have the ability to fall asleep anywhere, any place, at any time, in any position. That's something I that's learned through years of production.
1: But also kind of crappy. Uh,
2: but yesterday we published this very creepy episode. Creepy. And uh, I don't think that's what kept me up all night, but I thought it was kind of weird that we did um, publish this episode that we're going to talk about today.
1: I don't know, man.
2: Uh, that involves uh, demonic possession and exorcisms. In particular, uh, we spoke with a leading uh, psychiatrist named Dr. Gallagher.
1: He's a well-educated guy. He graduated from Princeton. He also graduated from Yale University School of Medicine. So he's
2: world renowned. He's world he, renowned. He, he's a he's a big voice in the psychiatric community.
1: But interestingly enough, he has this side job uh, where he's an advisor on the International Association of Exorcists board, mm-hmm. which was recognized by Pope Francis in 2014. So it's legitimate. And he's the go-to guy if you want to find out if somebody is going through either some sort of mental illness or is just possessed by a demon.
2: This is an attempt for, you know, men of the cloth to bring in a man of science sort of to almost legitimize a little bit what's happening. And as you're about to hear, um, yeah, it's pretty creepy, uh, you know, because we're 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 looking at this from a scientific aspect, not a religious aspect, uh, as far as uh, demonic oppression and possession is concerned.
0: I have seen what I, what I think are evil spirits who declare themselves to be evil spirits. <laughs> <laughs> this demonic sounding voice came out of her. She spoke multiple languages. She rose out of her chair. They were trying to hold her down. Otherwise they said she would have risen to the ceiling. We all have to be open to considering that there's something more here. And if you just exclude all these people and say, well, they're all psychotic individuals or something, they're never going to get the help they need. I'm Dr. Richard Gallagher. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist. I'm also a professor at New York Medical College in Psychiatry and on the faculty at Columbia. About 25-plus years ago, I found myself being asked by clergy of many different faiths to uh, investigate and give them my psychiatric opinion about people that they thought might be demonically attacked.
2: Dr. Gallagher falling into this world was interesting. I mean, he is a um, he is a Catholic, a practicing Catholic, but this was not something that he pursued. Uh, he was actually approached by a priest who um, he says he's not even that quite sure how the priest knew about him. He didn't know if it was you know he knew him uh, have, due to his credentials, or but somehow uh, Dr. Gallagher's name came up on this guy's radar, and Dr. Gallagher got a very interesting request uh, to take a look. At a patient that was potentially what he described was demonically oppressed, uh, which is a slight variation on possession. Yeah. What does that mean? So I guess basically like de- demonically oppressed doesn't mean that the it means that the, the evil spirit is affecting you. Right. But it's not necessarily taking over your body.
1: So it's like not you and the evil spirit aren't like one.
2: Or right. Something. Right. So like if like you, like say you woke up with like teeth marks on you or something like that, that could be like a sign of oppression.
1: OK. But not possession. Right. Interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: I went into my conversation with this priest a little on the skeptical side. And somewhat to my surprise, he liked that. He said, "Well, if we didn't think you were skeptical, Dr. Gallagher, we wouldn't have wanted to use you." I guess he had heard about me, and that's that's why he came to ask my opinion about a woman who was claiming that she was beat up by invisible forces. She would even have these bruises spontaneously appear. She appeared to me to be completely sane. And I'd never seen a case like that before. It didn't seem to be explainable on the basis of any medical or psychiatric pathology. She and her husband were devout Catholics and they believed it was kind of uh, evil spirits. I didn't have a great deal of interest in getting involved in this, but, you know, as a physician, I really don't like the idea of seeing somebody in tremendous pain or tremendous confusion. I was asked to comment whether there could be any psychiatric illness, whether she was being abused, whether this was her imagination, etc. And I had to conclude that there was no medical reason why this would happen. I felt that she was being attacked because, in fact, she was a very holy person.
1: So over the past 25 years, this is what Dr. Gallagher has been doing. He's just been going around uh, whenever a priest or... He even said before, like a clergy from like Hindu, Muslim faiths. Yeah, it's an, not, not exclusive
2: to Catholicism. He, he works right. with many different religious. But but we we don't want to make it sound like this is all that he does because this is this is still you know he still has his regular practice. Right, yeah. right. Yeah.
1: But um, you know he goes around and he gives the scientific advice on whether or not you know patient.
2: For over two and a half decades now. Yeah. 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 Is Democracy. You know, and I guess he possessed. said so he's consulted on thousands of cases. Uh, but of those cases, it's, it's a fairly small percentage. He said it's in the hundreds of demonic uh, involvement, whether as we discussed earlier, possession or oppression.
1: So he thinks that he's seen more cases of possession than any other doctor
2: in the world. I mean, that's cool to say. Unless maybe like a, a voodoo doctor or something. I
1: right. Well, I guess, okay, fine. Like academic <laughs> physician, like med school. Right, right. You
2: know. Well, I think that's what is interesting because I don't think there's there's a big gap between science and faith. And I think it's, uh, he even mentions, you know, Freud himself sort of instilled sort of a atheist agnostic uh, theory or just lifestyle when it comes to psychiatry and stuff. Like people don't really look at religion or spirituality. Right. No, People
1: think of like religion and science as oil and water.
2: Right. And obviously, uh, Dr. Gallagher thinks that is um, small-minded.
0: I believe in science. I trained at an American medical school. I use scientific, the results of scientific studies, every day of my life. I believe in evolution, I believe in the Big Bang, I believe in quantum theory. I just have had a rare window or a rare opportunity to study these things a little more rigorously than most doctors would have. With a possession, you have to have, at least in the Catholic Church, what is called moral certainty. And there are very strict criteria, and it really depends on evidence. The essence of a possession is a person going into a trance and a demonic sounding voice coming out of them. (sighs) Attacking the people, uh, attacking religion, usually using very crude and violent language. Like, leave her alone, she's ours, this type of thing. Superhuman strength, knowing secrets of people that a human being could never know
2: otherwise.
1: So those voices you heard were actually exorcisms.
2: Yeah, not ones that Dr. Gallagher no, was no, no. in attendance for. But they they were, you know, uh, considered uh, real actual exorcisms. And yeah, there's one case in particular that Dr. Gallagher talks about and writes about a lot. And uh, he had worked with two of the leading exorcists in America. Um, it's my understanding that there's actually a lot more exorcists today than there was previously, believe it or not. I, I think um, when I was talking to Dr. Gallagher about it, when he first started this, I think, like about 20, 25 years ago, there was only about 12 exorcists. Wait, really? And In the States. And now there's 55.
1: Well, I read that earlier this year, they sent like 200 um, priests to the Vatican for official exorcism training
2: training yeah Yeah. no they are doing it like i I didn't know
1: that it was such a
2: they get a little cagey about it they don't talk about it like they talk about it kind of cryptically but yeah like that i that totally happens and obviously as we mentioned earlier you know the pope has uh endorsed this uh, international International organization association Association of exorcists Mm -hmm. um so, you know, the Pope and the Vatican and everybody there, I mean, it, it's a fact that they think that it's necessary to have these people trained in right. this way. So it's pretty pretty spooky stuff. This one patient, Julia, is a pseudonym that Dr. Gallagher refers to this woman as. And uh, her story uh, in particular was pretty freaky. The two exorcists that he worked with said that this was one of the most dramatic possessions that they had ever witnessed and uh, even Dr. Gallagher himself uh, I think was a little freaked out.
1: Whoa.
0: She was a satanist, uh, self-professed high priestess of a satanic cult. The night before I first met her, uh, I was in my bedroom with my wife at about 3 a.m., And we had two cats. And these two cats just went completely berserk in a way that we had never seen before. And we were mystified. And the next day, the priest introduced me to Julia. And the first words out of Julia's mouth were, well, Doc, how did you like those cats last night? Now, I'd never met the woman before. She would often tell me how people's parents had died. For instance, she told me, uh, I know your mother died of ovarian cancer, which was true. And once I was on the telephone line, on a landline in this case, with the other exorcist. Now remember, Julia was not on the phone conversation. This was not a conference call or anything. We actually knew where she was at the time. She was about a thousand miles away. And uh, that same voice came in over the phone line, said the same kind of thing. She's ours, leave her alone. So I said to the priest, I said, did you hear that? And he said to me, yeah, the evil spirit can even interrupt our phone conversation, which I found pretty remarkable. It was pretty creepy, but I also found it pretty remarkable. She was um, completely demonically possessed. It just doesn't happen out of the blue. It's not like your average person all of a sudden is going to wake up and be possessed. There is pretty much always an explanation. They have turned to evil in a very explicit way. For instance, in Julia's case, the context was obvious. She had turned to Satanism.
2: Uh, So some pretty freaky stuff there.
1: That's really scary. The cat's getting all freaked out.
2: Yeah, cats are awful to yeah, begin well, with, that's and that's your... why I, I don't think dogs would do that. I think well,
1: that's your opinion.
2: Cats are more in tune to uh, evil activity, I believe. Well, wouldn't so, you
1: want your cat to sniff that out? Then
2: I would never. I would never have a cat. So wow. So then you know would know never would know mean.
1: if you had demonic activity.
2: Uh, no, I think actually inviting a cat might even bring me closer to it.
1: Wow, you you really hate cats. <laughs> I really, much. I
2: truly do. Okay. Yeah, well, so, I'm a great. dog person.
1: Wow. All right, uh, get out of here.
2: <laughs> but the uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, his cat's going crazy. The phone call, the um, mom
1: dying from ovarian cancer that she knew.
2: One of the other, um, one of the other things he had actually told us, which we edited from the video just for uh, time purposes, was on occasion these people that are possessed, um, they have these abilities to see like around the world, or they almost have this sort of like psychic thing going on. He tested that with Julia because she was claiming that she could see the priest or one of the exorcists while. Um, Dr. Gallagher was having a a session with her, and she was like, I know what he's doing right now. And just to test her, he ended up calling the priest. And she said, uh, he's on the beach. Uh, He's in uh, khaki pants and a blue windbreaker. And so Dr. Gallagher asked the guy, he's like, oh, can I, you know, ask you, Father, what are you doing right now? And he's like, uh, "He's, like, I'm just doing my morning prayers, but unfortunately I had some guests in my house, so I'm actually over uh, by the water on the oh. beach. And he was like, oh, he's like, can I ask you what you're wearing? And he was like, uh, yeah, I'm wearing khaki pants and a blue uh, windbreaker. And he's like, let me guess, you're talking to Julia. Oh, um,
1: my God. That's and weird. he was like, that's I so am.
2: And, and even the, the priest said, he's like, she's something else, isn't she?
1: Oh, and, God.
2: Uh, so it's weird. I mean, like, he, you know, whether you believe this stuff or not, I mean, obviously, Dr. Gallagher truly believes Is this. Believer, yep, and uh, these are very specific things that we're talking about. So it's like when someone's like explaining your wardrobe to a T and you're hundreds of miles away, and you know?
1: what you're doing, where you are.
2: I mean, even when we interviewed Dr. Gallagher, one of my crew members got uh, kind of freaked out hearing these stories. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he kind of exited the room <gasps> uh halfway through the interview, what? it was, was kind of shaking him up a little bit, yeah. Uh, so which you know, I mean, I, I was. Did
1: anything happen in the room?
2: Fairly amused by. No, I don't think so. I think you know. I mean, it's. Hey, Did you feel we- like
1: a rush of cold air? Do you see, <laughs> do you see something weird? Maybe a cat. I don't know. Right. For you. Yeah. I
2: think it was just you know when you hear. I mean, these are. You know, scary stories, right? I mean, these are kind of horror tales, you know. And we're talking about the paranormal. We're talking about you know, demonic activity. And uh, you know, I, I guess some people are more sensitive to that stuff. Yeah, but, apparently,
1: you couldn't sleep last but night. But we're so. not.
2: I couldn't sleep last night. Yes, I don't know if it had anything to do with this mm. piece going up or what. I have. I, I've been able to sleep like a baby for the past twenty years. I don't know what happened last night while posting this piece, but Ooh. maybe maybe it had something to do with it. But
1: so, according to this poll uh, that was conducted in twenty sixteen. At least 60 percent of Americans do believe in the devil and in hell. And then 57 percent of Americans believe in demonic possession. So this isn't something that like your, you know, your average person would be all "Eh, I don't know. Right. Like a majority of the country or at least a little bit more than half do believe that this is real.
0: These are not fringe beliefs. And then there are countries around the world where uh, Haiti, Madagascar, for instance, Everybody in the country believes in the devil and everybody believes in possessions. And then throughout history, most cultures, certainly most major religions, they've always had a belief. In fact, they have an official belief in evil spirits and the ability of evil spirits occasionally to attack people. Critics often ask for a a ludicrous level of, quote, proof. You can't do lab experiments. And in my experience, many critics, they've never seen a genuine case. They've never even spoken to an official exorcist. I don't think that's very scientific of them. Many, many people in the mental health field are more open to healthy spirituality than they were in the past. We have, I think, moved past an era heavily influenced by Freud's atheism, where psychiatry was actually hostile to religion and spirituality. I don't want to prevent people who need psychiatric help from getting it. But then there are these rare cases. No amount of medical help is going to deliver them of an evil spirit. There are definite criteria. There's definite evidence. Although the evidence, while massive throughout history, is of an historical nature. If that's not good enough for you, well, you know, you're never really going to be able to understand this
2: field. So I think Dr. Gallagher is a good person. I I believe him. I believe that he believes this stuff. I think uh, it's noble what he's doing. He's not doing this. I don't believe that he's doing this for publicity or for financial gain. I think it's very genuine that he wants to help people and that he's looking outside of the box in a like he said in a very non-freud type way where you have to acknowledge spirituality or even certain things that you can't explain.
1: He has a good point that a lot of critics are aren't doing their own testing or they're just outright saying this isn't Right. I don't believe in this, like, this is false, but, you know, it, that isn't very scientific of
2: them. He's yeah, right. I mean, it's almost like the lack of faith is a, a strange faith in itself, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, I don't believe in this, so there's no way, you know what I mean? And it's right, like, it's like,
1: if I don't see it, I don't believe it, but then there's so many things that don't really also, you right. know... Um, there's the faith thing. There's like, I've never seen this before in my life, so therefore it doesn't exist. And it's like all these wrong ways to think about it, really. And he, I like that he calls that out. He's like, well, you know, you telling me I'm anti-science. Well, I think you're being really anti-scientific.
2: Right, because you're not even looking at anything. I'm actually out here like doing, you know, doing the consultation, doing the field work. Right. But I don't know. I mean, do you believe in
1: Ooh, possession um, or oppression? I don't know what exactly it is, but I do believe that it's something else that's not human.
2: Hmm. But but not necessarily. But part
1: of me also thinks, though, that it could also just be people who are really mentally ill and are part of, like, let's say, you know, are Catholics. And so it manifests in, like, their brain makes it manifests in this sort of, like, oh, it has to be the devil. Like, do you know what I'm saying?
2: But what do you think about, like, you know, Latin being spoken and levitation and all those types of well, things? Well, I
1: haven't really seen levitation. And I'm not saying it's not out there. Right. But in the videos I've seen, I haven't seen that. And then Latin, I can't really tell if it's real Latin or if it's just gibberish.
2: I'm not going to lie. Dr. Gallagher said that the part of the reason we don't have photographic or video evidence of things like levitation or whatever Because it was kind of funny. I actually liked how he said it. He was like, you know, the devil's not here to dance for you on YouTube or whatever. It's basically, um, it's almost as if the evil entities know, you know, that they're being photographed. So they're not going to do anything to sort of help you, you know what I mean, by by showing their existence. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's an interesting theory, but it's also like a very good way to say like, why there is no like,
1: yeah, it's a good way to brush it off. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I got to conduct my own research. Part of me thinks <laughs> like, like, yeah, it could be some people are being possessed by some otherworldly thing that we don't know, right? But I also think maybe a good amount of the cases are also just like they're maybe having like a paranoid schizophrenia, like I don't know. There may be, which is we know, which that's why they call him, right? That's why they to bring see him if that's yeah. if it's like a mental illness. But I don't know. I think I could see a lot of very religious fanatics maybe having like a manic episode and it manifests into this. Um, mm. But I don't know. Maybe I just need to call Dr. Gallagher and just diagnose some people. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what, Dr. Gallagher? I don't know what this is. I need you to come in here and tell me, is this a demon or yeah. is this some some other shit? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I don't what know. What do you think? Do you think they're demons or do you think they're something else or do you think some people are bullshitting, for lack of a better I word? I don't know. I mean,
2: I'm, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, but I try to stay kind of open-minded with this type of stuff. I mean, I do believe in certain weird things that are like, I I do Do believe in, in, well, I believe in sort of paranormal situations, you know, uh, um, like, I don't know that I flat out can say like, you know, I believe in ghosts or, you know, or I believe in demons in this case, but I do believe that there are things that we don't fully understand or comprehend just yet. There's Um, something more. And that's why we like to have these conversations is because, you know, I, I do believe that there are, are things out there that, you know, we need to explore that we don't understand. And, and if you think outside of the box a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, there is at a base level, you know, I've already said I think Dr. Gallagher is a good person. I think he's a noble person. You know, to me, I think the hardest leap is, yes, I believe that he is, you know, he's completely advanced in his field and he can look at uh, these cases and be like listen this does not match the definition of any type of you know clinical mental dysfunction right Uh, but how does that like jump immediately into this demonic thing you know what I mean you know
1: what's interesting though I was reading this thing where it said basically in Mexico exorcisms are on the rise because a lot of people believe that the rise and like the drug violence, the drug war violence that's going on or whatever is because demons are possessing people. Wow. So there's like, there's exorcisms being performed in villages and it's like, they're linking the, like they think, they think the demons are possessing people and are making them do these like horrible crimes and like get into the drug trade. Um, That's crazy. Right. But it's just very interesting how it's like, oh, they jumped to, must be a demon. And it's like you know, in a lot. It's, yeah, and that's it's very big. And, that's a valid you know. point,
2: actually. It's like to me, it's sort of as sort of a you know non-practicing uh, Catholic or whatever. I guess it's not on my mindset as much as it might be on other people. But that's true. I I know people like in Brooklyn that practice uh, Santeria, you know, and and they like you know pour little ashes and corners and do certain things. And
1: right, uh, How they have their rituals.
2: I, I knew. I even I went to school with a kid who. um actually had a bunch of uh, chicken bones sewn inside of his jacket that his mother had sewn them inside of his jacket Whoa. and apparently it was sort of this island uh, like voodoo thing to ward off evil spirits and he was like pretty embarrassed when we all found it oh. Yeah, he was a good guy, but, you know, it was way back. when But it was, you know, the 90s, he had a big sports uh, starter jacket. And
1: right under it were chicken bones. And there
2: were chicken bones, uh, yeah, all sewn on the inside uh, inside of his back, like down the, the lining of the arms. And you know, was, I
1: mean, this this reverberates what he says, what Dr. Gallagher says, that this is not something where people are like, are you kidding me, like demonic possession? Ugh, like people really do around the world believe definitely in these things. Yeah, I'm curious to see if he, or I'm curious to know if there are any other doctors or psychiatrists that um, are friends of his that are getting into this field.
2: He did say that this is actually, I mean, he's not alone here and that, you know, obviously he's the most prominent person in this particular area when it comes to demonic possession and, and oppression. But people are starting to warm up to these ideas. But more importantly, people are starting to warm up to just looking at spirituality in general when you're looking at um, psychological conditions, you know, which right, is something in the mental that health field, we yeah. have done before. Um, so he's not, you know, it's a smaller group, but it's, he's certainly not alone uh, in, in thinking this way. Um. So now for our bonus clip. Bonus clip. I had asked Dr. Gallagher about Hollywood's portrayal or pop fiction's portrayal in general on this subject, because it's obviously something we've been obsessed with, uh, probably going back to the, right. the freaking film The Exorcist. Exactly.
0: Some of what Hollywood does is reasonably credible Uh, the original exorcist movie was based on a real case of a a boy from maryland other times and perhaps more often a lot of shows about the demonic or the supernatural uh, are a little ludicrous and sensationalized i know the author in fact he, he interviewed me for the book i know the author of the book the right and it was a very credible book and it was made into kind of a campy, slightly ridiculous movie. The major mistake I think Hollywood makes when they talk about exorcisms and stuff is that they present it as a magic ceremony. It's not magic. It's not a, it's not a kind of incantation. Exorcism represent the prayers of the church to help the individual deal with the level of demonic attack they have, to kind of quell the attack to an extent so that they can work on themselves.
2: So thank you so much, everyone, for joining in on this uh, fairly creepy episode of Unfiltered. So creepy i hope the surprise
1: uh, the lights haven't gone on, off <laughs> in uh, this room.
2: Stay safe and stay away from the evil spirits. Yep, uh, don't invite them in. And- but if you're tempted, uh, I think you should watch the video of this interview, which you can find on uh, yahoonews.com.
1: Uh, so far, we've gotten a lot of people say that it's creepy. So definitely check it out if you're into that sort of thing. Or if you're interested in what he's doing, which is pretty cool.
2: Absolutely. And uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you here next week.
1: So new episodes of the podcast are available every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you guys get your podcasts from.